Welcome back, everyone, to Season 3 of the Axe Church Podcast. This season will be a little different from the previous two seasons in that it will be an archive of sermons and Bible studies from the past several years. We see this as an opportunity to create a source for learning, a library of study that you can tune into and listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Our hope is that you will learn and grow in your relationship with God and receive the revelation of truth. God bless, and we hope you enjoy. Lord's good to us, isn't he? This has been a been a tough week spiritually with all that has transpired. I just uh, I'm just so grateful for the presence of God that's able to sustain us. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to continue on in our Bible study, talking about prayer, talking about communion with God. The greatest need in our walk with God is to have and maintain a communication with Him. If you don't know how to pray, you're, you're, you're hurting because prayer is the lifeline. It's the umbilical cord. It is the power. Uh, without prayer, you have nothing with God. And uh, we pray for what we have listed these seven reasons. There's a lot of reasons to pray, but repentance, relationship to maintain our readiness, reliance, resistance, reaching for others, and for our rest and in the Holy Ghost. So I want to try to teach you how to pray. I want to, I am by no no means uh, have the market cornered on it and no, I'm not an expert in prayer, but um, I do, I do know how to uh, get a hold of the Lord, and there is a proper way to pray. There's a right way and a wrong way to pray. And um, the disciples came to Jesus, and they asked him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, and so let's use that. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. We're going to use that passage of Scripture as a springboard for the lesson today. Luke chapter 11. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. It's important to know how, you know, when you, there are certain protocols that you follow when you talk to certain people in certain positions. How many of you ever talked to somebody and they made absolutely no sense? And when you, yourself, <laughs> wow, it's bad when you have a conversation with yourself. It's not, it's not bad to talk to yourself, but it's real bad when you start answering. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I've talked to people before and the only way that they could say less is to keep talking. <laughs> Does that make any sense? They talk in circles. They talk, they meet themselves going and coming. You talk to somebody that's trying to tell you a story and you're trying to help them tell the story that you don't even know what happened because they can't get the story told. You know what I'm talking about? 
There are certain ways to speak. There are certain ways to communicate. When you, when you talk to a, uh, when you go into a courtroom and you address the court, you, 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 don't, you don't stand before the judge and babble around like a, an idiot. You, you want to make sure your words are calculated. You want to sound intelligent. Uh, when you stand before the judge and you're trying to answer something, you don't, you don't stand there, well, like, like, Your Honor, like, yo, like, like, well, I was like, and, you know, like, she just like, look at her like, he's going to think you're an idiot. There are certain ways I don't have to talk to somebody very long to understand the depth of their mentality. Their conversation gives them away. I don't have to have a conversation with, with, for very long with somebody to figure out what their mind is on. You, you ever talk to somebody and you're, you're dealing with issues and stuff and, 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 uh, and you begin to kind of talk to them about some stuff you're going through, and, and before you can get out of your mouth the catastrophe in your life, they done turned it, and it's all about them. And, and they've got more aches and pains. You could be dying of cancer, and they'll tell you about how bad their coal is. You know, it's all about them, selfish, self-centered conversations. There's certain people I know if you get hung up with them, they're going to talk your ear off for an hour and a half. They're going to tell you everything that's wrong with them for an hour and a half to two hours. When you leave them, you're going to feel worse than when you got with them. And you're really not going to know any more than what you already knew because they can't articulate anything very well. And that's what we've got to guard against when we talk when you approach Almighty God, you're not talking to some bum on the street. You're talking to the King of glory. And you need to understand how to talk to him, how to approach his presence, how to leave his presence. You don't just come blasting into the White House, kick the door in, talk like some trash, demand, make all your list of demands, and then stomp out of the room. Ain't nothing going to happen. But if you go through the proper channels and you, you go about things right, you'll have the king's attention. Let's, let's talk about this for a moment. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." There is a couple of renditions of this, Matthew's model prayer. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Let's read that one as well. I want to show you 
what Jesus is talking about. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9. After this manner, or like this, therefore pray ye. In other words, you're not, I don't want you to memorize this prayer, and every time you pray, you just quote this prayer. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, or thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So he lays out to the disciples a, a, a model prayer. So if you dissect this prayer, it will show you how to approach God, what to say when you're there, and then how to leave God's presence. And we want to understand how the proper way to pray. So, after this manner, therefore, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First of all, you need to acknowledge who you're praying to. It's a... It's a relationship base. Hallowed be thy name. I am, what is the name? What is his name? Jesus. Jesus is his saving name. All heaven and earth, all power, everything that God is, is wrapped up in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to pray to the name of Jesus, you pray unto the Father. You're praying to the, the one that redeemed us. He said, Hallowed be thy name. So you begin your prayer with praise. You begin your prayer with praise. My wife did a book with our kids when they were little, a prayer book. I wish I'd have had you bring your book or one of the kids' books. Anyway, she did a book with her with our with our boys, a prayer journal, and showing them how to pray. Teaching them, teaching our boys how to pray, and uh, you ought to see their little prayer journals that they made. It's a three-ring binder. It's one of them small three-ring binders, and it's and it walks you through the steps of prayer. Got scriptures in there, what to do, and and I think the hand of prayer. I think is what one of the things they got in there. The five steps, and they got a hand drawn, and the five steps of prayer. Five things you want to accomplish in prayer. The first thing you do when you walk into God's presence is you give Him praise. Thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. Your prayer needs to start out with thanksgiving and praise. Let's go to Psalms 100. Psalms 100, very familiar portion of Scripture. Psalm 100 and verse number 4. Psalm 100 and verse 4. The psalmist David tells us, David understood a lot of things about God. And uh, though he made many, many mistakes in his life, he knew and understood the mercy of God and how to get God's compassion in his life and grace and mercy. And I think uh, one of the reasons why that he was able to do so was because he knew how to approach God's presence. He knew what to say to get God's attention, and he knew how to leave. This is what he said, Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. When you take a look at the tabernacle plan, the type and pattern of worship, David is springboarding off of that tabernacle plan, 
and to telling us how to approach God. He mentions gates. There's only one gate. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts, the outer court. How do you enter his gates? First of all, you want to start thanking him for what he has already done. I thank God when I kneel down to pray, I begin to thank him for what he has already done. I then begin to thank him for what he is in the process of doing, and then I thank him for what he is going to do. I want God to know that I am thankful and grateful for everything that he has done in my life. This wicked generation that we're living in, the Bible says the last days, in the last days they will be ungrateful and unthankful. We're living in a generation that they expect things given to them. My grandfather told this. If he told it once, he told it a thousand times. I did not know what he was saying, but now I know what he's saying. He said, if you gave a man a million dollars a day and you skip a day, he'll hate your guts. I have found that the people that turn out to hate me the most are the ones that I've done the most for. Ain't it the truth? Because they are unthankful, ungrateful. How soon they forget who does something for you. Uh, to, to have a thankful and a grateful heart. I, I, uh, I've been to the Philippines uh, once and uh, or a couple times now. been to Vietnam a couple times. And I met a guy in the Philippines the first time I went. His name was Dennis. He was a student there at the, at the college, Bible college. I, to, I told you all about it. Dennis is his name. And uh, I, I, when I met him, he was in the bathroom with a, with a little tub there, and they had a water hose, no hot water, nothing. He had a water hose. He was down on the ground, and he didn't have a shirt on, and he was washing, scrubbing the shirt. And uh, he was just singing. He was smiling. He was so happy. And so I went in there, I was fixing the doorknob and doing some things, trying to work around there a little bit and fix up some stuff on their, on their uh, college. And, and so I got to talking with him, struck a conversation with him. Come to find out, he only had two shirts, one for every day and one for church. Two pairs of pants, one for every day and one for church that he wore. And he washed them in that tub. And he hung them out to dry the best they could. They, were, they would hang their clothes all in there in the bunks, I mean, in the rooms in there, in the dorms, because it rains every day over there just about, and uh, didn't have anything, poor, poorest of poor. And I watched this young man when we had service, and he worshiped, and he magnified God, and he prayed. They worshiped us to death. And you think we're loud, and you think that we're our service lasts a long time? We, we've done had worship service. We done took up an offering had preaching, had altar service, and dismissed, and they just now getting started. And they don't have nothing. I mean nothing. And he's so thankful for what he's got. With well, the typhoon that hit the other day, uh, I got an email from Ryan, and he showed me some pictures. Dennis's mom and dad live in that city, that town there on the coast that got wiped out, and they took some pictures of where their home was. And his mom and dad now don't have anything. And they're, they've got some money from Brother Wolfram, gave them some money to bring them to Manila. And uh, they're just so thankful to be alive. They're so grateful to be a part of the church. They're so thankful to have the Holy Ghost. They're so grateful. They don't have anything. Their home, what little shack they had, it was just some tin 
uh, put up, and it was a dirt floor, and they had a pan to wash stuff in. All that they had was, is now gone, and they're thankful and grateful. And we have everything. We are so spoiled, rich, and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and we're ungrateful, unthankful. I want to spend a lot of time when I approach God's presence by giving him thanks and praise, and I want to be grateful for what he has done in my life. Amen? The number one thing, I want to be grateful to God. I want to have a thankful spirit. We're approaching Thanksgiving. Isn't it amazing? You know that Thanksgiving giving thanks to God has to be ordained of God because out of all the holidays that we celebrate. Now, when I was growing up, the, the holidays that I remember first was Valentine's Day. I remember Valentine's Day. I remember 4th of July, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Halloween, we did, we, we did a little Halloween. But now, I want you to notice when you go to Walmart, you go to stores in October or in the fall, it's all about Halloween. I mean, Halloween stuff everywhere. And then as soon as Halloween is over with, it's what? They completely bypass Thanksgiving. The devil don't want to anybody to give thanks. We're going to bypass that one. And then he takes Christmas and he's commercialized it. He's taken Easter and commercialized it. Now we're to celebrate Easter with a bunny that lays eggs. You think about it. There has to be something to Thanksgiving if the devil don't want the world to do it. And here we are, we're at Thanksgiving time, and I want, I want every day to be lived thankful and every day to be lived with a grateful heart. But especially when I kneel down to pray and I begin to approach God's presence, the first thing that I want to do is to let God know how thankful I am for what he has done for me. I thank him for Calvary. I thank him for the plan of salvation. I thank him for the blood. I thank him for the Holy Ghost. I thank him for the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. I thank him for his word. I thank him for all of that. I thank him for my wife and our relationship. I thank him for our health and our strength. I thank him for my kids. I thank him. Papa said the other day, he said, you know, I'm so blessed. He said, all of my children and all of my grandchildren are full of the Holy Ghost. What more could I ask for? What more do I want? I don't care what kind of house I live in. I don't care what kind of car I drive. That really don't matter. But what does matter is my kids and my grandkids are full of the Holy Ghost and ready for the rapture. I'm blessed. I want to be thankful and I want to be grateful. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. And won't let's practice that right now by asking the Lord to help us be grateful and expressing our gratefulness to him. Lord, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful to you.